pull up a bar stool. All right, I've got John Robinson, Jr. My backup man, back, backup CEO and business manager, back up on back on the show. Uh, we're going to continue talking about online community memberships or online membership communities. Uh, this is going to be the third part in a series. Don't know how long we're going to go with this. It's be lots of parts, I think. Today's focus will be how do we get our community community to stand out. It's a good one. So sit back, relax. Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumber.com and John Lumber Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week we invite you to the virtual pub. We get drunk on entrepreneurship. John Robinson, JR, my backup CEO, business manager. How you doing, JR? I'm doing amazing. How are you after another weekend of baseball? Uh, my humble brag of the day, oh, I'm tired. Just tired from all that winning. <laughs> they make you play more games when you keep winning. And it's just exhausting. You just jinx yourself. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. Next Probably. performance. <laughs> well, we don't play next weekend. Let's no. finally get a weekend off. We're going to uh, Brewers Rockies. Nice. So that's the word. But um, welcome back. So for anyone who's been paying attention, we, we're, we're kind of doing in the middle of a three-part series here, right, JR? Is that what we're doing here today? So the, the past... It the, it's the third part. Now, third I didn't part. tell you how many other um, parts there are, but it's the third part of a series on just membership and yes. how we design membership groups. So it's the third part of a 72-part series. <laughs> exactly. And... Uh, <laughs> So no, uh, so so yeah, we spent the first two, um, you know, talking about starting a, an online membership, and well, what was our second one? So I, I'll go. I this is good refresh. Yeah. So part one, we talked about the pains that we wanted to solve, the claims mm-hmm. we wanted to make, and the gains that we wanted to demonstrate. So when we're looking at an online membership model. That's what we want to do. We want to get our arms around what are the pains that everyone's experiencing? How can we fix that or solve that for them? And then what what benefit would they get from it? So all in all, that's kind of uh, under the framework of boosting awareness. So that was part one. Part two. Uh, part two was around boosting understanding. And what that means is, all right, what does our community stand for? Uh, what what do we believe is this idea of, you know, making sure that the message and the story was clear and, you know, who you want to be in your community and who you don't. So that was part two. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about uniqueness and what that means and what it doesn't. And like I said, a lot of most of what we're talking about has to do with the pre-planning stages of starting a community. But it can also be one for those who have existing communities to revisit those as well and say, OK, you know, what what do we stand for? Um, why do we matter? What benefits do we have? So it's for both populations. Good. So, yeah, it makes sense. So what are we doing today? 
All right. So today, part three is a little discussion on standing out. You know, how does our community stand out? Now, this goes into a little differentiation and differentiation uh, I'm very passionate about. I know that there was a book years ago called Differentiate or Die. There's this idea of like, what's unique? What makes you you? What makes you stand out? And you can own an attribute. Uh, you can own first to market. You can own lots of different things. An example of that would be Volvo. Volvo owns the safety attribute. You know, that that's what they they claim is that they're, you know, one of the safest cars. So when you look at why they stand out, they stand out because of that. Um, I'm trying to think of other brands. What You're a Starbucks guy. Why, why does Starbucks stand out to you as a, as a brand? Man. Um, that is a very good question. <laughs> they have manipulated me. Oh, over no. the years uh um honestly yeah it's it's kind of the well first of all the app i would say the app is <laughs> what what makes it easiest for me okay Plain so why simple. they stand out so why they stand out so for is, me it's the app. so okay. i i'm at home and i'm like uh i feel like getting a coffee Punch in what I want, really, really easy. Within two seconds, ordered. I leave my house, show up at Starbucks. There it is, sitting there, wait for me. Pick it up and leave. Whereas I, I don't know that I can do that with any other coffee shop. That's wild. So I've always wanted to to have a business to where the customers eliminated the competition and they're mine. You've just proven this, that you've eliminated the competition because you haven't even searched for the app at other places, right? Yeah, I mean, my, my assumption is, and this is, I think, partly once you're big, like there's, a, there's another coffee shop that's like right across the street from Starbucks that I used to go to, but that wouldn't be a place I would just like pick up um, a coffee on the run. Right. I would go in there and do, get some work done. If I want to get some work done in a coffee shop, I go to this other place, this local shop. Right. But I highly doubt they've got an app like that. And if they do, I highly doubt it's as well done because they're not a multi-billion dollar company. You can invest a whole lot of money in an app. They're just a local shop. So there's some assumptions baked in there. Now, do, sure, they have a drive through. But it's still it's so we're talking about saving a couple minutes here. I don't want to sit in a drive-through. I want to park, walk in, grab, leave. That's what I'm doing with Starbucks. So I don't know this experience because I don't really drink coffee at all. And you enter the order in the app, and then it's ready for you when you walk in. Yes. I sound like so I'm they, I sound like I'm 100 years old at answering this. Yeah, it it's, says it takes like four to eight or four to 10 minutes, something like that for it to be ready, which is exactly, basically as, as soon as I type it in, I'll leave. So it's as much time as once I leave, it'll be ready. Um, and since, you know, I've gone through the whole thing of installing the app and creating a, an account and um, they've got my history. So I don't even have to like type in a whole new, I like, you know, order the last thing I, I, I got. 
but additionally you get um like it automatically um every every time it gets under like 15 dollars, automatically refills to 25 dollars from my account so i don't have to worry about credit cards and paying and all that kind of stuff and there's also a matter of getting stars you get stars certain amount of stars and you can get free free coffees so all this stuff baked in it's almost like a game they gamify they absolutely because they're a whole And I don't hear you right now. Do you hear me? Yeah, I can't hear you. So, so all of that that you just went through, I can't hear you. So. No, I still don't hear you. <laughs> Let's see what happened. I heard I heard your typing, but I didn't hear anything out the mic. <laughs> no, not yet. No. Do you hear me now? When John comes still, back. Still there hear he me? is. He's Do there. I hear him. Yeah. Do you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're on a roll, and all of a sudden, it just went away. Uh, I just want to make sure that it's back on the fa Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, it's back there. Um, where'd you lose me? Well, we were just going into all of the things you loved about the Starbucks experience. And then you mentioned gamifying. Yeah, gamifying. Right after, so right after you went to mention gamifying. Now, let, let's rewind. When we first started talking about why Starbucks stands out for you, you started off with, well, they tricked you. And then you went into, oh, I like the app. But now it's, I like the gamifying. I it's like not, discounts. Yeah. I like 
free stuff. I don't. I think there's a there's a difference between like and you get sucked into it because of it, right? Okay. So it's not that I like like that gamification. It's that oh, I got these new. It almost like you know they, they talk about you know you get that notification from Facebook or your email or whatever, and it's not like you like that necessarily. It's just that there's something almost chemical that you enjoy about it or that, that draws you to it. And so, so for this, it's a, it's a matter of, uh, <laughs> you sound like it's a conspiracy. Like <laughs> not only am I sucked into it, I'm but sucked into I get it. endorphin rushes. Yeah. <laughs> well, because so, so, well, anyway, so it's easy and that, um, I've got my credit card in the app. It knows what I bought last time. So I don't have to go search it out in the menu. I just say, that thing again uh when my credit when the balance is under 15 dollars, it refills the 25 dollars from my credit card i don't have to worry about payments when i've made a certain number of purchases i get a free coffee when it's my birthday they say happy birthday here's a free coffee and so and there's a lot of other gamification in there like you know go on this streak of coming in every day for five days or something like that or buy this this menu item and you get more stars to go towards free stuff I mean, I don't do all that, but the truth really is, I mean, when it comes down to it, like, I had to think about it. I didn't really know when you asked me why Starbucks, but that's why it's really the app. It wasn't for the app. I mean, I think back five, six, seven years ago, I used to go to the local shop and, but I would go in and sit, sit and maybe do some work and have a coffee. I don't do that with Starbucks. I just show up, grab my coffee and leave. So I, I'm going to take some step back for those that missed the first two parts, because what I'd like to hear is, is how you have experienced this, the Starbucks way. And, and the first part we talked about, what are the pains that we can solve? So let's just say we're Starbucks right now. What are the pains that we can solve? And the pains that I'm hearing that it solves for you are what? Like, what are the pains that you had before? With going to coffee, get coffee. Oh, there's no, there's no line. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what I love, this is this this again is probably a whole psychological trick that they play on you when you use the app. This is awesome. You walk in, there's this long line. People stand there wanting to buy their coffee, wanting to pick up their coffee, waiting for the coffee. I ordered it 20 minutes ago. I walk in, there's my coffee, grab it, leave. Everybody looks at me with, with these mean faces. It's like, just use oh the app. The, use the app, dummy. Don't tell me when you used to go to the club all those years ago, you wanted to be the guy that just walked. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what's happening. I'm VIP. <laughs> I'm VIP. So so the, the pain of waiting in the line, and then they claim through their app that you don't have to wait in line, and the benefit to you is that you feel like a VIP and that you save time. Same time. Is that, is that, is that, I guess. I, I think I would add one more thing for me. I don't like crowds. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like the social stuff. You know. You know the dis, discomfort and all that around people, bunch of people, and uh, so as opposed to kind of chilling out and where am I going to get a table? Am I going to do this or that at, at the local coffee shop? Don't answer it. Can pick up my coffee. Go. So. In part two, we talked about what is our community stand for and what are the benefits of being in our community and what do we believe? After listening to what you said, 
I believe that Starbucks stands for rewards mm. that, they, that they that they the benefit of rewarding you is that you keep coming back in and they believe if they can keep rewarding you and making things easier for you that you will choose them and not even look for the app for the local coffee place that you don't think exists. I, I guarantee it doesn't exist. Okay. If, it, well, if it does, it doesn't work like that. Oh, it's, it's terrible. So I even like the fact that your hypothesis in your head just gets rid of all the competition. You're like, no possible way they could have a good app. No possible way if they had one that I would even want to do it. Got it. And they probably don't have a points program and all the things that you love seeing. And they probably have no line as well because they already a crappy coffee place. So that's I, honestly, honestly, I was thinking the opposite. Like they're not crappy coffee places. Uh, it's it's that local charm that you're looking for that you get, and it they probably do have people in there, and it probably is a longer wait, and that's part of what people like. They like sitting in line talking to people and stuff like that. Yeah. I want that. So so we we went through Starbucks and what you're aware of, I mean, aware of what problems they solve for you and the benefits of them and what they do to, to get rid to give you the benefit. And then we're at a stage of understanding. So, you know what Starbucks stands for. <laughs> you know what some of the benefits are because you're you're starting to believe what they believe. And let's just say that they believe in rewards. Now, let's go to this week's uh, part three. So this idea of standing out. So in regards to PHC, let's just start with elite. What does our or how does our community stand out? So how does our community stand out? And kind of think in the same way that you just went through with the Starbucks analogy of how they stand out. How, how do you think PHC elite stands out? I mean, there are a couple of primary ways. It depends on, on, on you know, where we're what angle we're taking here mm -hmm. because uh you know we stand out first of all of value okay just in, in all the things but if we're talking about the the community itself um I, I would i would say it has has to do more with what we stand for and and just general tone because there's a lot of there's certainly communities out there that are local coffee shops that uh, they're all about gaming the system and they have a lot of shady businesses, shady marketers telling you how to do this and that and uh, a lot of spam and uh, have people who aren't really that helpful, not that experienced. So our whole thing is, is I think the tone that sets our community apart, that we're very helpful with one another. Um, we're, we, all, it's all about doing things ethically it's all about, you know, that, that you can do it too, as long as you do, do things the right way, have reasonable expectations. There are no guarantees. You can make millions of dollars and do crazy stuff. Um, so I think it's all a matter of, of tone and reason, you know, realistic expectations and ethics is kind of uh, how we're separating ourselves within the community. Yeah. And then I guess gonna, the final, th final thing would be, you know, uh, to drive my ego, I'm involved too. So that's one thing that's going to separate this community from other communities is that you could say you match those things in your community. But I'm not it. You know, I'm not going to do my webinars in your community, for example. 
I have to ask before we go forward. Did you open up the worksheet that I sent on this one? I opened it. I didn't look at well, it. You think the I, second question, and I, I we're not even on the second question yet. So I didn't don't, look at an, it. don't I didn't answer look the at it. questions. <laughs> didn't so look at it. Stay, staying on the first question on the worksheet, how does our community stand out? I'm going to say a couple that I believe as well. I think that we stand out, yes, by tone, no doubt. I also think, like you said, core values. I also think the reach. I'm surprised how global the community is. It, it's it's wild to me to see how many people around the world are in the community. And what, what's the value of having people with worldviews? You can see things differently. Mm-hmm. Even if they have different languages, it's it's so refreshing to get worldwide feedback. Well, not so, to mention you got situations where it's like, you have different features in this one country versus this other country. You have you have different laws at play in this mm-hmm. country. Like you got GDPR and all these things that are happening in this country versus how are you handling this? Well, I need someone who's dealt with this in this particular country. What can you tell me? And we're, you know, so that's that's uh, that's absolutely valuable. Yeah, and I would say depth. And what I mean by depth is just there's a range of expertise. There's some people that are spending. And I'm going to be terrible at the numbers, but let's just say someone's spending less than $5,000 a month in Facebook ads and somebody's spending over 100 So you have all of this range or depth, I should say, of expertise and experiments mm-hmm. and, and knowledge. So to me, it's not sucked into, like you get sucked into Starbucks, but how the community stands out is, is is a is also you know those characteristics also to include empowering i think there is an aspect of empowering and knowing that you have support as another reason for the community that stands out because i think i said before i'm in some other communities that i just feel like no the tone is not there there's a lot of little slimy marketing going on um, the reach, sure, there might be people from around the world, but I'm not sure. Then the depth, I've seen more <laughs> bad answers <laughs> to to questions than I want to deal with, and it becomes very distracting to me. So I think when you keep your your promises simple, because I think it's another aspect of you know why by you being involved in the community. I know I'm involved in another community that's really based on a personality, an author, and he's never in it. Hmm. He, does, he is never in it. His presence is more about people saying what he would say hmm. and what, what would be coming out of his books, but he's never in it, which I find that that doesn't make a community stand out. It doesn't give me that endorphin rush, that VIP endorphin rush that you get in the Starbucks line. I would love to get that rush if he reached out, you know, if he answered a question or if mm-hmm. he just, if he said happy birthday, you know, whatever, I w- that would be pretty cool. And now that I think about it, because uh, every time we get on some of these, we have some to-dos for you. I wonder if there's some to-dos that we can create a, a, a John Loomer endorphin rush. Matter of fact, how about this? Will you call me for my birthday? I'm not going to say that you could do birthday calls for all the members, but <laughs> just you, just me. I think I call you 
five days a week anyway. Right. So, so that's the endorphin rush that I would want is that you call me and say happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right. So here's a scoop. So you're right. That's how the community stands out. The second question is how does our community compare to other communities? Now, for all those that are listening, we're, we're still talking about the questions that you should ask yourself when you're designing a community. And how does our community compare to other communities? I will say this, John, I, I'm pretty sure with this answer from you, when you st first started PHC, well, PHC, um, did you look at other communities to see what they were and what they weren't? Nope. I know. <laughs> I knew you would say that. You know, I've always had this excuse. Uh, I, I use it for lots of things. And I, I think there is some credibility to it. Uh, so it's not just to groups, but there, like things like podcasts, um, to reading other people's blogs on the same topic. Um, I don't really do any of that. And I believe that it makes my, you know, I'm sure I could learn something from all of those things. Absolutely. But I believe there's, it adds a certain amount of purity to it all though, too, that it's not, like, I'm not trying to copy somebody else, you know, when we're putting this all together. I know it's, 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 <laughs> so, it, it's poor. It's poor. No, 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 no. Cause here's it's lazy ultimately, but. Uh, you know what? There's no wrong or right answer on it because I do see both sides of it clearly. I, I see that you don't want to end up m mimicking someone else. You want it to feel authentic. So there's a reason well, why you don't go there. Again, for you with the, with the coffee, why yeah. don't you go to find other coffee shops other than the Starbucks and the, the one that you like to go into and walk in? Comfort. You know I don't like change. Mm, okay. But I think the other thing is, um, you know, beyond the matter of just not wanting to copy, I think my other fear would be going into another community and feeling like I'm doing something wrong when re just because they're doing it differently. When the reality is maybe they're doing something wrong, you know? So, um, I, <laughs> I know I'm self-conscious with how I do everything. So the less I see, I think, of other people doing it, the, the more confidence I can have in my own stuff as opposed to feeling like uh, I, should, I should probably not do this. That they, they would never do that. I should probably not do this. Because, I mean, ultimately, that's kind of how I started my business was it's, it's not a bad idea. It's kind of getting a sense of what other people do. Um. But for the long haul, I think it's important just to believe in yourself and do what makes you comfortable. I like that. I won't give you a harder time. Man, that's, that. how, that's how you set yourself apart, ultimately. Yeah. It's just doing what is in your own gut. So with that said, fast forward to today, and you started to go into this question a little bit earlier. How do you think we compare to other communities and I'll even ask another question. How would you even know? Because if you don't. Uh, but, but beyond f f feedback is really the only way I'd know. Okay. So, and, and what have you heard from, from people about other communities? Has it been 
more of a feedback that says you're not this or, mm. Hey, I'm glad you're this. Yeah. And no, it's a combination because, uh, sometimes people get in, uh, more often than not, the people who are unhappy are those people who were referred by someone else who doesn't know me or my content or my tone or anything. And, um, a lot of times it's jump in trying to get help from other people. Don't try to help anyone else. And they're unhappy. And, uh, and then, so their whole thing is like, this is a really, this is inactive. Their, their claim is this is an, an inactive community because they post three questions in an hour and no one answers them without thinking, well, maybe it's cause if, if I were to walk into a room full of strangers and I just shout out three questions and no one answers me, it doesn't mean that they're not helpful. It just means that maybe you should get to know people a little bit. I, I like the idea of get to know people a little bit and also be known because mm -hmm. if you're known for a giver, I have a leap of faith that says the more that you give, the higher the likelihood that you will get responses oh, to any inquiries. It's absolutely true. So, so you're right. That, that, that is feedback that I would say how we compare to other communities. I would say in some of the communities that I'm involved in, free communities that have 12,000 plus people, which to me is just way too many. If you put a question out there, there are lots of people that just answer. And the answers hmm, wouldn't describe as the, the most high quality answers. They're just responding just because. And so there, there's a little bit of part of that. So anything else that comes to mind for you when you're, th would you recommend people look at other communities and how they, what they are and aren't when they're creating a brand new online community? It's up to them. Yeah. Um, if, if they're looking, if they are looking for ideas because they're not really sure where to start and they're no, they don't know, you know, how to add value to the community. They don't know how to manage it. Um, then sure. I mean, I think what's been helpful is that we have people like Tracy who is involved in lots of communities. So she has a sense for how it's moderated. So she applies a lot of that, uh, to our community, uh, to, you know, every once in a while I have like, um, you know, wel welcoming the new members or, have a certain question of the day and you know, that kind of stuff, the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm sure happens in a lot of communities that I wouldn't have had the idea of doing because I don't see that stuff happening personally. So um, you can, whether it's you or somebody else on your team who's in charge of that kind of stuff, it's, it's still good to uh, kind of learn what others are doing to a point as well. I just don't know if it's the best idea for determining this is the, the full path of where we're headed, headed and the value we're going to provide. And so let's, let's do what they do. I, I don't like that. It's, it's more about a management style of the community. In the spirit of boosting uniqueness, because that's what this, you know, today's conversation is about. I've always believed, and I've seen this work and I've seen those who design something for themselves. There's a community, a tribe, a group, that will like the same things that you like. And knowing that you aren't a joiner, I think you would join this group based on. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. 
What? Knowing, that, knowing that you're not a joiner, I think that you would join this group. So my point is, is that you designed this for you. Yeah. It, this, oh, this, okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I would join my own group. Right. Yeah. Right. You would join your same thing with, with, with you coaching baseball. I, I believe you'd rather be a player for your own team than be a player for someone else who's coaching. Oh yeah. Oh, listen to that. I, yeah. We yeah, have fun, man. We have fun. <laughs> so, so is that, is that a characteristic that um, you look at when you're designing a community is fun? Because I know that we introduced happy hour. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think that it, it, it's it's not all fun and games, and, and we're talking business here, so it's not all fun and games. Uh, but you know, there's there's a certain amount of warm and fuzzies, you know, that ha- happens in in our communities though too. That feel good about yourself and providing support to one another, and you know, especially the entrepreneurship stuff, and you know, being helpful and, and all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't call that all fun, but it's you come away. It's not cold. You come away, you know, hopefully feeling good about yourself. Yeah. And I think when I think of fun, I think of fun as a part of belonging, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you belong. And I know that when we were at social media marketing world last year, you know, there was last year and this year, we had an event like a happy hour to where we just got to meet people. That wasn't about anything but just having fun and just getting to know people. So that's what I mean when, you know, people are sitting there deciding what kind of community they want. Fun could be a characteristic. Fun could be something that you look at as you design what kind of community you want. Mm -hmm. All right. So last question. So thanks for not answering the last question or stating it. How do we get members to believe we are unique. And this one's kind of a loaded question, and that's why I'll go back to the Starbucks. How do they get you to believe that they were unique? Or they are unique, I should say. Uh, Well, I think uh, part of the reason I drink Starbucks in the first place isn't even because Starbucks convinced me. It was because Lisa, my wife, decided she wanted a Starbucks. Like we originally just had our own coffee maker at home and make coffee. And I thought that was good enough. And I wasn't a Starbucks person. Then for whatever reason, she started drinking Star, uh, Starbucks. So it was, it was more of a, you know, it, so now it's almost like a, a way we share our morning together is I'm going to go get her a Starbucks. And sometimes she grabs one for me. Whereas if I was still drinking the coffee from home, that wouldn't be something we would do together. So it's a, it's a community thing hmm. or, or and, communal thing. So how, how do we use that energy that you just described or how can someone de- designing a new community, how can they use that community, that energy to make their community more communal? Like even think of PHC elite, like, I guess you'd call Lisa an influencer because mm-hmm. she influenced you. So mm-hmm. how, how would one look at their community and, and use influencers to make it easy to, 
to bring more community members in? I mean, it's a good question. I, I think that's something where we could probably do a better job of isolating who the most engaged, most helpful people are within the community, which Facebook actually gives you some metrics on that, um, to you know, work with those people to, in different creative ways. I mean, one thing we do do that I would say is kind of similar to the Starbucks app, but in a very archaic way, is uh, when they become a member, we we push them once a day in via email to do this one thing, go buy a croissant today. You know, I don't, we don't give them stars or anything like that, but maybe we should, you know? So it's like all these things that we want them to do. Cause we know if we, if they keep doing these things, we're asking them to do, they're going to become hooked. They're going to get more value out of it. Just like with the Starbucks app. So you want to, design more sucked into strategies maybe i gotta start giving stars <laughs> connect connect your credit card to your account and it'll automatically be refilled every time you want to order something new. what what if we could figure out the number of answers given by people and then reward them that'd be a cool yeah. software that'd be yeah. a cool software if they had that's when you start getting crappy answers yeah, that's true too. That's true too. So, but all in all, the the idea of designing communities that are unique, you have to be mindful of you know where your community stands out or where you want it to stand out. You have to be mindful of how it compares to other communities. I, mean, I shouldn't say have to, but you have a choice to to listen to feedback, hear what's being stated about other communities. And, you know, either you can ignore them or you can copy like an artist and give people what they're used to. And or you can just ignore it like the coffee shop that you used to go to by saying we're not going to do an app. So now we don't have John Lumer coming into our place anymore. Mm -hmm. And then finally, it's just getting members to believe that you're, they're unique and part of getting members to believe we're unique is listening to them, getting, getting their feedback and having them tell the story that you're, that you're unique. And I would say that's another opportunity that, that I, we could improve upon is testimonies. I think testimonies, uh, some organizations use testimonies pretty, pretty well. I mean, I, I've seen a few things that I've ordered and when, as, while I'm on their site, I'm seeing <laughs> all these people who are buying right now. So-and-so bought from Albuquerque. So-and-so bought from whatever. Or seeing testimonies of like, hey, this is why I love this. So I think, you know, it's not only getting members to believe that you're unique, unique but also getting them to tell the story that you're unique. So, and a part of our, our responsibility could be to do a better job with gathering testimonies. Maybe. I think we do a pretty good job of that. I think we need to do a better job of using that information. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Well, you did an amazing job yet again going through our questions. And now I know why you are a Starbucks addict, because you're sucked into it and they know it. So I know what to get you for your birthday, a Starbucks gift card. Oh, no, I don't have to because you already have it preloaded every time it goes down. <laughs> so. It's like free coffee. 
like, I don't I don't touch our bank account, so it's automatically pulling money. It's like I don't. It's free free coffee. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Well, that's all I got, sir. So thank you for walking us through part three. And if you're curious, we do have eleven parts. If we want to go that many, so I did design eleven parts to taking a membership expedition. That's what I call it, a membership expedition from awareness to advocacy. So that advocacy is this idea of irrational loyalty where I won't even look the other way, which John has already stated that he is when it comes to Starbucks. Right. All right. Thanks, Wom. I'm looking forward to parts four through 11. (laughs) Uh, Thanks again for being on, JR. Any last words of wisdom? No, other than just be kind to yourself when you're designing this, this membership and design it for you. Design it for you and see what happens. Good advice. All right. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, do awesome things. We are out.